Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a new episode of The Cliff Dorfman Show. That's me. And I'm here with Jason Smith. That's me. Yes. And today we have, beside one of my favorite people in the entire world, we have an actor who started on stage and Broadway, and he has gone to film and television and film and directing and writing, and he is personally the reason that I even have an entree into Hollywood in the first place. He is one of my closest friends, but aside from that, he's just one of the best people I know. Jonathan Silverman, ladies and gentlemen. I want to meet this person. That's an intro. Wow. He did, he did film twice. Um, <laughs> will you do my upcoming funeral? I'll do if, anything. Okay. Yeah, that there's was, nothing I won't do. Just do the eulogy. That's great. Cliffy, nothing. I'm very proud and excited. This is Thank great. You, this I, is great. This is weird. Like, I never really, I've had all these people here. I never really get nervous, but like Johnny is like. Yeah, I'm like, the one you should be nervous for. Well, it, it is a little weird because the, like when I met Johnny, I was the biggest fan. Mm-hmm. It was 1987. We're going to get to this, but it was 1987, and I'm out here, and it's an all another story. But I. Just walked up and I'm like, I know, we go to camp together, but I, I knew it was him, I guess, in my subconscious. I'm like, did we? And I'm like, I know we know you. Like, didn't I insist that we were friends? Uh, yeah, you did think we went to uh, camp together, and I, I didn't know how to break it to you that I've never I been to camp. I've never been to camp in Long Island, or really spent any time in Long Island. It was just um, my fake but, uh, Did we meet on that at that pickup basketball game, or that was shortly after we met? Did we meet at a party? Yeah, we met at a party. Party, okay. Yeah, and, and then, then you invited me to play basketball. The right pickup after. basketball okay, game, right. that was Brian Robbins. On the, on the roof, yeah. On the roof, yeah. This before it all, this was all Brian Robbins. Oh, didn't have a, those were fun. A, um, what do you call it now? Um, it Money? Was a mogul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I love it. No, so so I had, like, literally, I was doing nothing, and then I get back out here. I didn't know a fucking person except this guy, mm-hmm. who I'd already borrowed money from, and mm-hmm. then finally paid him back. And he was the nicest about it, because for the longest time, I actually was like, I didn't have any money. I couldn't right. pay him back. It never even got mad at me. I mean, and then finally, I'm. That's why I'm here. I'm here to collect. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm you, here. I oh, did you? All right. Yes. All right. I bet, but I'm just saying. And then when I got out here, I didn't know a fucking soul except for this guy. And he's like, "Come on, I'm gonna come to the softball game. You have to have me invited to the softball game." Meanwhile, I can't even talk about who was there. But the the foundation of who's there is still to this day. David Schwimmer was there. He wasn't even on Friends. He had just done The Wonder Years. This wow. is like, yeah, this is a uh, old school Hollywood. Yeah. And I met a cacophony. Of individuals that to this day I still know and is a part of the foundation of why I'm in this town. So that's why I'm a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. Well, you have every reason to be. I hope you don't mess this up. I hope you don't either. And please don't be nervous. That's absurd. I'm nervous. I'm on your show. Well, let me start like I always start then. Jonathan Silverman, you were born. A long time ago. Cedars? Yeah, but it was called Cedars of Lebanon back in those days, and the location uh, is different. It, uh, it's currently a Scientology-owned building, that big, giant, uh, pinkish, purplish, bluish one, uh, where all sorts of fun stuff happens on the on the top floor. Um, that's that's where way more than pick up basketball. I'll tell you that. That's where everyone born prior to 1970, whatever, was born when it was Cedars. Now, now of course, it's on La Cienega, again. It's very fancy, and it wasn't. It wasn't then. at the time. No, I think it was like the only place. To give birth, maybe that in St. John's, if you lived closer to the beach. So, Cedars of Lebanon. Cedars of Lebanon. And it's your mom and your dad, brothers and sisters. I mean, I already know the answers, but we're going to do this like two, I this. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I, this is like a tender date. Well, it's, yeah, I it have, is kind of. Yeah. Uh, we're about uh, to date. two older sisters mm-hmm. um, who are uh, wonderful and still around. And uh, what are their six, names? 16 years older is, well, I shouldn't say that's that's awful just just older uh gila is is my uh, oldest of the two sisters and sherry is uh, Hi, is the middle of the three kids and uh they they both live near each other in encino and uh we're all still very close right and you're born into this home and they're both older than you so you have these two older sisters you have your mother who is from israel she was born in Jerusalem, uh, and uh, she was born in 1927, which is a good 20-plus years before Israel was Israel. So her passport, which I came across recently, wow. uh, said Palestine on it. That's, oh. do, do, do. Yeah, <laughs> by the way, that's, that kind of was like, what? Because, uh, uh, yeah, it was a British territory. And, uh, it was really well, Palestine. So technically, she was born in Palestine, not Israel. I mean, that's, that's yeah. you just saw that. Like recently, you came across uh, it. Yes, I don't mean to start this as a downer, but she made it to ninety-two, and uh, the Oliver Shalom, she's no longer with us. It's no, a don't don't be sad. It's, it's no, a, it was no, a wonderful life, so she's but a yes, wonderful person. A lot of the last year was spent, to, you know, going through stuff, cleaning stuff up. Yeah, so, uh, which was beautiful. Thank you. Yes. So okay, so you're born into this home. You got a lot of woman influence, a lot of mm. Jewish women mm. influence, and your father is a. 
he is a preacher man. Um, <laughs> he's a second generation rabbi. His dad mm-hmm. was a big deal rabbi in Hartford, Connecticut. And uh, my dad uh, still is around 96 uh, in about two weeks. Still playing golf? Still, no, because uh, the walking isn't so good. Uh, if there was a way to like do wheelchair golf, he would excel. I bet Dick uh, Cheney figured that out. Kind let's of like invent it. Yeah, maybe. Like, let's invent it. <laughs> Rollaban up there, hit the ball. Push me. Yeah, a handicapped <laughs> golf course. You know the thing they use to go up the stairs? Sure, do Let's one just of those. use that all stair- the way around. Like 18 holes, yeah. Six flags of yeah. golf courses for handicapped people. But uh, his mind is still working. Uh, he, he technically has stepped uh, off the pulpit. He no longer is a is a practicing rabbi, but he still he still gets up there and does He's stuff. He emeritus for a long time, right? Yeah, yeah. He only, I would say about a year ago, uh, retired finally. He's retired many times, and congregations <laughs> keep asking him to come back, but he's officially stopped the he's regular like, basis. He's like the Rock or Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Coming back to WWE. <laughs> yeah, he keeps coming. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so he's a rabbi now in Los Angeles when you were born, right? Correct. You, where correct. is he rebbying? Uh, he was the rabbi at a temple uh, which is still in existence on Wilshire and Beverly Glen called Sinai Temple. Beautiful temple. Beautiful temple. Big. And, uh, was it as big back then? Uh, no, God, they kept expanding. I think, I think my, in my dad's tenure, he, he kind of built the current synagogue, the main, right. the main synagogue and, uh, uh, added one, two, three, four, a, a f- three extra levels. So, so it became a four level building. Um, and now they keep expanding now. Now they keep buying the properties next to it. I think they've always owned the properties. Uh, oh, I'm sure. Block, but now it's, it's, it's quite massive. Now, tell me if this is the same because you know, my temple, I was an Orthodox temple where I grew up in Long Island. Our rabbi, we gave him a house. And, uh, mm. you know, like we didn't gave it to him, but, right. you know, we the temple owned the house and he would have the home. And he still lives in it, even though he's retired now. I oh, mean, wow. Yeah. Um, but did they give, was it a house thing or like, uh, born, it's a big temple. There's a lot of Jewish influence there. Sure. And you're this little baby. In that this. would have been, uh, that would have been nice to have a free house. They, um, <laughs> they, they did not buy him the house. Um, but. Uh, or even give him a house to live in. It wasn't like. No. Fucking Sinai, man. Right. What the hell? Bastards. I um, oh, I, Shalom's I, killing I, I'm it. sure they did a lot in terms of helping them find a place, and they found a place, you know, a block away, if it was a block away. I, and um, so you were living over by Wilshire? We, I, I grew up at a home that we just sold, like, oh, wow. two months ago, three months ago, the family just sold. Um, Wilshire, Beverly Glen, say, uh where the L.A. Country Club is, uh, mm-hmm. Comstock. Yeah. Not far from the former Spelling Mansion, that that neighborhood, a very nice neighborhood. It is a hell of yeah. a neighborhood. Yeah, of so. course, in 1966, 1964, when my parents bought the house, it was, you know, not even 90,000 bucks or 100,000 bucks, so it wasn't... Uh, it wasn't much back then, but uh, but now it is. Yeah, yeah I mean, no, no, nobody could afford to have it, <laughs> which is why we sold it. Well, you know what? It's it's a matter of getting rid of the old. I mean, and not your parents. I'm saying you don't. What are you going to keep it for? I can't think of a reason. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's. But we're going to get to that house because okay. that's where you spent a majority. I, well, yeah. I mean, I lived there till I was eighteen. Yeah, it's a yeah. different kind of story. You didn't have this moving around or this, you know, uprooted thing. You're you're growing up. You're going to where elementary school? And- um, there was a school at the synagogue. We went to a Jewish day school. Um, mm. I was one of the first kids to go to the school, which uh, apparently is a very prestigious school to get into nowadays. It's called Akiba mm-hmm. Akiba Academy. It is very prestigious and, um, to get yeah, into. Yeah, so I went expensive. there. And I would imagine now. Now that they might have given my dad a break, that they might have said your kid could go to our school for free. Yeah, I think. Let's go with that. That was nice. Yeah, let's go with um, that. Free school. And uh, uh, so yeah, I was there till sixth grade, and then my parents. Uh, and are a, they splitting? Sorry, they were, but are they splitting up uh, yeah, Hebrew the, and and English. Yes, uh, it was uh, English or or you know. Yeah, mar- n- studies. Yeah, normal, normal, normal studies till lunchtime, and then it was all. Bible and Hebrew, <laughs> which I've really taken into my later years. I've learned so much. I can't even have a conversation or remember anything. But uh, Can you read Hebrew still? No. No? no. Not I, even? I think I faked it back then, too. I'm a, I, was, I was a bad Jew. You were not into it? No. You're just like, why? I respect it. I respect all religions, but I never really quite understood what I was doing there. And uh, by the time I went to public school, my... my Parents had a really ugly breakup when I was uh, 12. Okay, wait. 
let's put the brakes on okay. for a second. So you're going to school, you're going, and that's 12 years old, is going from elementary school to junior high. To, yeah, to middle school. That's a right. big transition. Yeah. You, you just, you know, your body's freaking out. You're, and now you're telling me you got two older sisters who are, who are you know. They've, mean, left, they've left the yeah, house. They're, they're yeah, they're out of the nest. Yeah. And it's just you, the baby boy. And my mom. And mommy and daddy. Well, no, still mom and dad. Okay. Right? Well, I'm saying up yeah. until 12. Right. And then something. Something not so great happened. I mean. I, maybe it is great. Maybe, maybe you know, it it it, it shaped or reshaped uh, my life. But uh, but yeah, my my folks uh, split up in a not so friendly way, and uh, my dad ended up uh, taking a job. He got released from his contract at the temple, uh, even though he had a lifetime contract. Uh, well, what happened that he got he released? Was, um, he was accused of doing some not so wonderful things with some of the congregants' wives, which may or may not have happened. I don't have proof. Um, uh, so, <laughs> and it wasn't the wives who were complaining; it was just that it got out. Um, I think the wives' husbands were complaining. Yeah, okay, yeah. The story. wives had no yeah, problem with yeah. it. It was the husbands yeah, who were they pissed. Were, they were not thrilled. So um, lifetime contracts can be broken. That was gone. Yeah. And uh, oh, that's 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 not. Small though, that was a it was a big it was a big deal. I mean, you know, so, we we all thought our 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 futures. We we all kind of thought we knew where we were all going. Which, wow, I'm glad because I was probably going to have to go to more Jewish schools <laughs> and, for sure uh, and go to synagogue all the time. Yeah, and, uh, maybe even become a rabbi and maybe even do something. Well, so you just... that, that ended that ended uh, uh, fast, and um, uh, so my dad took a job. He took many jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was uh, struggling to you know just to d- make any sort of a living. And mm-hmm. one of the jobs he took was uh, working at the adult education staff at Beverly Hills High School, which was very close to where we lived, but not in the school district. I should have gone to uh, uh, Uni High, University High, is mm-hmm. the full name. Fine school, but uh, nothing compared to what Beverly Hills uh, had to offer. So. I got to attend as the child of a, of a teacher, uh, El Rodeo, which is on Wilshire mm-hmm. and Whittier, walking distance from, from the house I grew up at, and then uh, seventh and eighth grades, and then the ninth grade uh, Beverly Hills High. Well, you know, this is interesting. I didn't know that, Johnny, that, that you, were, you were a walk-in kid. Like, I, I was a walk-in, yeah. Every, yeah, every year we had to uh, reapply for my admission, and every year I was panicked that they would say, this is the year you can't come. Uh, you know, we have too many uh, children of teachers, I, whatever it would have been. And uh, it was just always so scary every every July or August, uh, not knowing if I would, you know, be with my friends again and, and, and continue on the path that I was enjoying so much. That's a um, big But burden. yeah, they, they, let me, uh, they let me go all the way through to my senior year. And it was at my senior year of high school that I somehow became a professional actor and ended up moving to New York uh, because uh, I got hired to do a Broadway play. Yeah, I, someone very big in the audience saw you, but 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 okay. we're not getting there. Okay. Yet. You don't get off that no, easy. Dang right? it! There's yeah, a couple of years yeah, in there. You're, you're not condensing this because what's interesting to me, first of all, that's a huge burden to, to be carrying for any. Are you living with your mom or your dad at this time? Uh, yeah, my dad split, uh, and, and yeah, I was, I was living with my mom. It was a, like a role reversal thing. I became the parent, and she became the child, and it was a really fun couple of years. Yeah, and both your sisters are gone. Yeah, I mean. I mean, they're coming back. They're always present, but yeah, they're not living under that roof. That's what I mean. It's not like you have two sisters there that are, you know, you're all in it, you know, at the moment. Correct. And what I find interesting is that at this point, are you, while you're in middle school, are you at all pursuing theater? Are you even thinking about art as a viable escape? Uh, Or a living? Certainly not until I got to Beverly Hills High, uh, sports was always uh, what I wanted to pursue as, as an elective, and I was really tiny. I know you didn't really know me till I was maybe 19. Tall. <laughs> but I didn't, I, didn't Tall. Start, I didn't start growing until I was maybe 17 or 18. So even though I made the baseball team, I, I, I was just, you know, relegated to being the, the extra, extra, extra relief pitcher who never got into the game. And even though I made the football team, I, I got destroyed. I got beaten up so bad. But you tried. And I tried. <laughs> right? um, and I think it was like one of the counselors, you know, the, the, the high school counselors, they just said to me, um, maybe you should try drama instead of sports. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, sometime in freshman year, I kind of just, you know, limped into the drama department. <laughs> and I really loved it. I never thought I would pursue it. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. And I was never cast 
uh, really with with any any sort of uh, uh, exciting roles. I was always like a, a villager or a or a, a, a <laughs> gang member in West Side Story. I never I never had a speaking part in any of the plays until my junior year. We were doing a Midsummer Night's Dream, and um, I, I, Shakespeare. For yeah, Shakespeare. Might not know it's Shakespeare. Uh, I got the role of Puck, and uh, we did a, a production, and a, a few, a few of the classmates that I had gone to school with were professional actors. Nobody huge, although they they all became huge. Nick Schwimmer. Cage. <laughs> Nick Cage. Uh, um, uh, Pam Adlon, then Siegel. Um, I, I mean, I, I, could, I could rattle off. Did a, you watch her show, dozen... Better Things? Oh, yeah. Do you, do you know the opening credits? Did you watch the show? Oh, yeah. Better, I love it. But the opening credits where you see her as a young kid in high school or junior high, it looks like that's where she's at. It looks like real movie footage, yeah. like home footage from that school yeah it was I, it was I yeah. mean so you're with all these people who are professional actors that's yeah. kind of exciting yeah I don't think Pammy was really a professional back then but I mean she was just so talented and just uh, yeah. just such a delight uh, uh, and you know struggled for decades I mean she'd always work or you know she'd get a voiceover here or there and you know now at age 50 she's a big star winning right. awards so yeah, it's, an it's overnight awesome. success, an overnight after, success yeah 40 awesome. years of overnight success I literally genius. just got a text message yeah. while you guys were talking that Pamela's coming in tomorrow. Is she You're really? Kidding. Not kidding. Oh my god! Oh, wow, <laughs> that's I, awesome. Yeah. Okay, so tell like, her. I was <laughs> like, I know I just heard that name somewhere. Yeah. Like, Wait, Is it's she in my text message. Coming to do a, a voiceover, a, a cartoon. Oh, she's gonna be a guest. Or yeah, she's gonna be a guest. That's awesome. Damn. To do th- to do this? No, no a different podcast. I wish. Maybe eventually. All right. Yeah. Well, listen. Hey, oh, that's I'm put it out there. All yeah. right. So, Pam, uh, this is exciting though. And are you responding to like? Are you? It's the first time you're learning theater, right? You're learning how to what? Build a role, build a character. Are you um, and I've discussed it with Pam and and Schwimmer and and, and others. Uh, I think the education that we got from those teachers at at high school level were so far superior to anything else we had ever studied, whether it was private or college. And uh, um, a lot of us spent a lot of money studying afterwards. Hmm. But the ground uh, work that we were given uh, at school by these wonderful, wonderful teachers uh, really uh, was so strong and, uh, and, and got us all, you know, uh, uh, this wonderful foundation. So, you, um, so you're doing Puck. So I'm doing puck, and that's and a, not a small uh, feat no, it's, uh, by it was, any it was, means. It was, t- it was a tough, uh, a, a tough role, especially for not having had any experience before speaking. Um, and uh, an agent uh, came up to me after the show in the hallways. You know, when this we is were junior just, year. This is the end of my junior year. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, handed me his little business card, and I mean, he looked like. He looked like Woody Allen and Broadway Danny Rose. I mean, he's just this <laughs> sweet little man with glasses. And uh, uh, I thought it was a, a joke that someone was was pulling on me, and he said something to the effect of, I think you're very talented, and I would like you to come to my office and meet some of my partners, and uh, perhaps we could work together. And I'm like, what? Okay. And um, I did. I went there a Who few days later. I hope he's still with us. Yeah. Uh, his name is Vaughn Hart. Okay, and was it? A, had you ever heard of the agency at the time? I never. I, it could have been a, a, a William Morris agent at that time. I never would have heard of William Morris before. Um, huh. uh, it was called. I think it's still around. I think it's a pretty big. At least it was a pretty big uh, commercial agency called Sutton Barth and, and Venari. Venari. Yeah, you've heard of it. SBV. Right? SBV. Absolutely. Um, so it is huge. Okay. So yeah. This, yeah. Great. It's, it's no STD, but it's. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, so the guy the guy signed me, and I, I think I you know took some headshots. And um, he sent me on like a, I don't know, it was like a Taco Bell commercial, which I didn't get. And then Shocking. there was a, it was in the LA Times. It, it was in the cal- well, whatever the calendar section was called in the early eighties. It wasn't, <laughs> wasn't called the calendar. It was the arts or entertainment. Arts and section. leisure. There was an ad. There was an actual ad saying, "We are looking for a replacement for a Broadway hit play that just you know won all these Tony awards." And uh, we are casting in New York, Chicago, and Los Angeles to find our person. If you are between the age of 15 and 23, it, it was like a cattle call. It was an open audition. Um, and I think I saw it, and then I told my agent about it. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, sure, go, for, go, yeah, do it. 
<laughs> and uh, after school, I you know wait. So you in got line. bit at this point though. You're you're actually now. I like acting. Uh, yeah, so I, mean, like, I, I thought, give up. I'm doing yeah, this. And, and uh, I guess I should have prefaced it. Uh, my dad at this point had moved to Connecticut. Had moved to Greenwich, Connecticut, and I had just visited him for the uh, Christmas break, the Hanukkah break. Wow. And uh, when did he move out of state? I That's think a big I was deal too. Fifteen or sixteen. 16 maybe so this is even before you don't have an agent yeah so my dad got my dad got a real job which is fantastic he got this beautiful congregation in Greenwich Connecticut I have to ask how do you get to stay in the school they were kind enough to just let me do it I think I think my dad worked a deal out that he still would come to town three times a year and give lectures and they were okay with that and they let me continue yeah I know Wow, and yeah, your dad, how are you doing with this? Like, you know, your, your dad's gone. It's the only real male influence you have sure. in your life. I mean, how um, are you doing at this point at 15 with your... You know, better than when the split up first happened because I was living, having to take care of my mom, and I was angry at him for doing that to me. Right. Um, I didn't think that was very fair. Um, and then <laughs> I was a little pissed that he just, like, left altogether. But I will say that we became f- we became better friends with the 3,000 mile distance. We became better friends hmm. when I would go out to see him at his new home with his new wife and new kids, step step kids. Um, and we just got to start over and uh, I just got to appreciate him on a whole new level. Um, but it was at this particular trip, which I guess was maybe three or four months prior, and he said, let's go to New York, let's go see a play. And hmm. I said, I'd like, that'd be great, Dad. And I think we just went to the TKTS, you know, where yeah. the half-price tickets yeah. are. We could have seen, you know, cats. Right. Um, but uh, there was this uh, Neil Simon play that we had never heard of before that just opened called Brighton Beach Memoirs. Hmm. And we probably sat in one of the last rows. And we both just fell in love with this play. Uh, we just thought it was the greatest thing ever written. And I did not know this. Yeah. You, so you just walked up to, do you know what TKTS in, in Times Square is? No. So for anyone who's listening and you don't know what TKTS is, I used to do this all the time with my mom, who took me. We saw The King and I with the old Brenner. Wow. But you'd walk up to TKTS at 11, 10 in the morning, and you go, what do you got? Yeah. And they'll go, we have these shows for the day. It's all the leftover tickets, yeah. basically the last minute. And you pick something you got. You know, it's very random. So you went there, and randomly, you picked. Brighton Beach Memoirs? This play, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, could, I, I just could, think it's important to, to, yeah, to kind of look at it. It could have been that. anything. And, and I think I think when we went, because uh, I think someone had given a tip, which I'd still, I still, well, I don't even do TKTS anymore anymore. But, but you know, and maybe <laughs> 20 years ago I did. If you go really at the last minute, if you go at mm-hmm. 7 p.m., if you go an hour before curtain, mm-hmm. that's when most of the theaters are like, well, we've got these seats, we've got these seats, these right. people never showed up. So you do have a better shot at, 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 at and, and there's no lines. Right. You just kind of walk up and what do you got? Not the point. Point is, we saw this play. We fell in love with this play. We were saying the lines to each other. And, and you guys had never seen Neil Simon before. No. Yeah. No I, I had never. I don't think I'd ever seen a professional play before. This play sounds great. Can we talk more about TKTS though? <laughs> yeah, we can. Are you interested? Um, so. You know, this is in the days before email, mm-hmm. um, and whenever and, and and long distance was was pricey. It's not like you know you pay. Oh, an extra I know. A- ask ask Herb Dorfman yeah, about right. what about my phone bills were. Yeah. So my dad and I would <laughs> communicate there. to old school writing letters. You know, and you lick a stamp and throw it in the mail for whatever it would have been in those days, twenty cents. <laughs> And God, I'm one of those guys now. When I was a kid, it was 20 cents. I became that person. I went 77 cents to the Gables <laughs> Theater in Merrick. It was two two movies I got to see, Kramer versus Kramer and another one. Wow. Sorry, it's true. Sorry. Go on. It's a good movie. It's always Kramer versus Kramer first. Always. We would, we would oftentimes finish the letters or write on the back of the envelope um, lines from this play. That's how much we loved this play. Um, uh, whatever the lines were, you know, we would just... You know, we would say it to each other. Uh, so lo and behold, I, I, I see that there's an audition for this play, that the only play I'd ever seen that I loved. Who was playing your role? Matthew Broderick. He just won the he, Tony Award. He was he, playing your role. Well, Matthew was playing his role. Matthew was playing Sorry, Matthew's I role. Sorry, I can't. I know. It's Matthew's <laughs> role. I know. But I, I look at it as your and, uh, role. It's my... Um, I, and I'm not going to stop uh, or won, apologize. He had won the Tony Award for Best Supporting Actor, mm-hmm. and uh, he became what was on the verge of becoming a movie star, and they knew he was leaving. He went to go do uh, Lady Hawk. Uh, Michelle, Michelle Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So he was leaving the play. And uh, a wonderful actor and human being and humanitarian... Uh, was replacing him, 
Fisher Stevens. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. Michelle who Pfeiffer was, uh, was dating married to, it all to Michelle comes Pfeiffer. Back to Michelle Pfeiffer. Always, wow. and now David E. And Kelly. David Kelly, and yeah. he's he's never letting her go. No, why, why no, would should. you? No, should. no, 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 should. no. That's the best. It um, gets. But I do have some David Kelly stories for oh, later. Yeah, I have no Michelle Pfeiffer stories. Damn it! But we're here for another four hours. Yeah, no, we're not going anywhere. We, um, have, we have put a boot on your car. So I, I thought, great, this will be fun. Audition for this thing, and I remember getting to the casting office. And the casting director, who to this day is one of the biggest uh, casting directors in, in New York, um, she said, well, we need, besides a picture, we need a resume. Who is the casting director? Uh, her name is Fran Cuman. Fran Cuman. One of the biggest uh, Broadway casting directors, sweet, period. Sweet, sweet, lady. That sounds like a Broadway casting. Fran, Fran Cuman. Cuman. Yeah. She smoked a cigarette. No, no. She's just a lovely, lovely Lovely, lady. lovely woman. Um, so and, you go in to meet her. And yeah, and they asked for a resume and I was like, I don't have one. I've never worked before. Um, <laughs> Honestly. I'm responding to the ad in the paper. Wow. And uh, she says, well, just tell us what you've done in school. Give us some whatever. Hmm. And I took out a lined piece of notebook paper, wrote my name in the middle <laughs> on the top and, you know, said, well, I was in uh, West Side Story at Beverly Hills High School. I played a Puerto Rican shark. Uh <laughs> I was in Fiddler on the Roof. I played uh, one of the little villager boys. Um, and then Midsummer Night's Dream. And that was kind of it. Uh, you know, and the, the names of the classes, uh, you know, uh, intro to acting, theater 101. <laughs> and that was all I had. I so I gave it to, to, to her. I did the audition. And um, she said that, that was uh, terrific. Um, what's your phone number? How do we reach you? I, I gave her my agent's name. And did you know all the lines pretty easily at this point for this audition? Yeah, it was like you had was, had it. It was pretty easy to. It was ingrained. Yeah, it was ingrained. Mm. Um, and then I can't remember if there was a callback. I think there might have been one more. We um, had to go see Fran again without. I think so. Yeah, Mr. Simon. And then I got a. Let's see. Mon- months had gone by. Months had gone by. And uh, uh, I then got a call from my agent saying, "So Neil Simon is flying to Los Angeles to meet with." You know, just like the top ten. So, wait, but months are going by. You did this audition, and you did the second callback. Are you yeah. going out on anything else? Like, what are you doing in the um, interim? You know, I got a, a job, not a job, because a job would would mean getting paid money. money. <laughs> I, I auditioned for an equity waiver play at a really sweet, tiny little theater um, called the Company of Angels Theater. Hmm. Um, like just on a, on a lark, I, I think at that time, the 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 ads in the paper were going so well for me. I think I was looking. At, uh, uh, there was a backstage. Is that still around? Backstage magazine. Or, I mean, you're asking me. I know yeah. it like this, yeah. but is it still around? I, I think it's know. on the yeah. on the on the internet. But, uh, you know, world, our, our our drama teachers were always encouraging us during summer vacation. You know, try and try and get you know get get a little extra gig, get a chorus boy gig. You know, shows are coming through. You know, yeah. learn learn, get experience. And I auditioned for this Incredible. tiny play. And I got this tiny play. It was so pathetic that um, we would have more people on stage than in the theater on certain nights. Uh, I mean, I think we did like three shows a week or four shows a weekend or whatever. But you did them. But we did them. Right. And uh, um, I remember if if there's not enough people in the house to see the show, there's no show that night. And I remember hanging out on Melrose or Vine or wherever this theater was and just getting strangers saying, would you please come to see this show? I could get you a free ticket. We just need you to sit there for 90 minutes. A warm body. It's like um, stand-up so... with bringer shows. You have a bringer play. Right? Yeah. <laughs> wow. So that's how bad this was. But the actors were so lovely and the experience was so exciting. And you're 16. Exciting. I'm six. Well, maybe by this point. I'm 17. I'm 17. Right. I turned 17 better. during the play. Because I'm thinking about my kid at, at like yeah. 15 and yeah. a half, 16, sitting yeah. on Vine right. at like night. Like, come, come to my me. free play. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, Dylan, get in the car it's now. Like, sure. I'll yeah. come I'll come to your house. Yeah. Like, why don't I do that? Why don't you come to my car? Yeah. I'll drive us there. Yeah, I'm thinking like, this doesn't sound whole, safe, man. No. I got a whole audience of theater goers in the back of this van. Just come, let me show you. Everybody's here for oh. rent. Okay, wait. So uh, this is not safe. Now you're risking life and limb to get people into right. the show. So I go do this this show, uh-huh. and then uh, school has started. Uh, okay, we're, it's already September, and um, and these are the month. This filled the months of thinking of the summer. Yeah, you didn't get the Neil oh, Simon play. I, I knew I didn't have a chance anyway. I just was like, is that wow. what you thought? Of course. I mean, is it, it was an though? open audition? I don't know. Yeah. In the back of your brain, did you think I got this? Never, never. Interesting. Uh-huh. Um, no. So uh, interesting. A school's already started. Uh, the, the fall play is uh, being cast. We're all auditioning. It's the the hysterical uh, comedy, A Diary of Anne Frank. Ah, I, and I, 
I get cast as Dr. The musical? Not the musical, no. I get cast as uh, uh, the dentist, uh, Dussel. Uh, not Mr. Van Damme. Uh, Schwimmer gets uh, Mr. Van Damme. Schwimmer mm-hmm. gets Otto. I got Mr. Van Damme. Did you get Mr. Yeah, Van Damme? It doesn't Damme? mean anything, apparently, because he's huge. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I digress. Well, when you're 17 and playing hey, you know, an adult, it's, uh, chances <laughs> big, are. Big yeah. pants. Go on. So, so you got uh, Dussel. We're already rehearsing, and my my agent says, okay, so I know it's been a while, but uh, uh, Neil Simon has requested to audition you. What? What are you talking about? That is that play still happening? What? That was months ago. <laughs> And um, so uh, after school, uh, between like the end of school and the beginning of uh, rehearsal for this play, I I went to, it was at the Beverly uh, Hilton Hotel, where the Golden Globes are always held every year. And uh, um, I'm waiting, and they let me in, and it was in a, like one of the ballrooms, mirrored uh, walls, and everywhere I was looking, I only saw Neil Simon who I'd never met before, but I certainly knew what he looked like. And, and, and I knew at this point everything about him. And, and um, I'm kind of freaking out. And I don't think I did a very good job. I think, he, I think he stopped me in the middle of it. And I'm like, oh, I've really blown this chance. And he gave me some notes and asked me to you know, do it differently or make it my own or whatever he might have said. And I did it. And he thought, oh, say, that was terrific. And uh, uh, then I just you know, left and... Is this you leaving? This is me leaving. (laughs) I I feel like, though, I want to take a moment to just look at that for a second. You really don't remember the audition that ended up changing your life. You really have very vague Those Those descriptions are probably all all I recall. Yeah. Yeah. So it was out of body. I've had a few few auditions since then, so uh, uh, also for some (laughs) important people. But that's about all I remember. Yeah. And uh, I got home, uh, and the phone rang. It was the agent saying, so they want to fly you to New York, and uh, they want you to uh, do this audition for uh, Gene Sachs, the director, and Manny Eisenberg, the producer, and they want you to do it at the theater where the show is being done eight times a week. And uh, the next day, they flew me to New York. First class? I don't think so. In theater. Theater, it's theater. equity, right. Yeah. They're like, they, get in the coach. They put me in this tiny, tiny little hotel next to the theater. And, Amazing. Uh, How great. Um, the great Tim Busfield, Timothy Busfield. Oh, feel was, the dreams. Was the understudy for this character, Eugene, and Eugene's brother, Stanley. Uh, so he was the understudy for the Matthew Broderick role and the Jelko Ivonic role. And they asked Tim to read with me. And I remember he took me aside, and you know I, he was already in his twenty. He had no, he, he, admittedly, he had no business being in this show. <laughs> Red-haired from you know Kentucky, playing a Jew, but he was friendly with Neil. He was friendly with Manny, and they're like, "You need a job. You already have two kids. Right. You're never understand me. You're never going on. You you are the understudy." <laughs> they told him right yeah, away. Yeah. He's like, "Great, give me my." $800 a week, you know, minimum. and Right. All. Amazing. And uh, obviously over the years we've become very close and we've done a couple of movies together and he loves telling the story. But uh, he helped me on stage, to just, you know, calmed me down and I did this audition. And uh, um, they flew me back to L.A. Thank God they didn't keep And uh, I think as soon as I landed they said, okay, we need you to come back to New York and you're moving here. And um, you you start. Uh, oh, you got that's it. I, they 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 hired me, <laughs> and they you you go on. I think whatever date this might have been. Let's say September twenty sixth to September thirtieth. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it was already later than that. It was probably uh, the first week of October. They said uh, you're going to fly to New York tomorrow. You're going to have uh, eight days of rehearsal, and you go on. You make your debut October eleventh. Eight days of rehearsal with Gene Sachs, right? Is that what you're telling me? No, I don't even think Gene was there. Wow. If, if you've ever talked to anybody who was a replacement in a Broadway show, it's 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 called a put-in. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, you work with the stage manager. Um, you you get to work with the actual cast and directors oftentimes maybe at 4 p.m. the afternoon of the 8 o'clock curtain. Um, uh, no Intense. memory. No memory of uh, that, that lead-up. Wow. But I did have to wow. go to my high school and talk to my friends and, and our drama teacher and and you know and, and they were just all so excited for me they obviously had to recast the dentist and, and diary van frank which went to uh, the, the 
Polly Shore's brother, Peter Shore. Really? Yeah, Peter. Peter did my role. I would. Were you available? <laughs> no, no, no. I, that's even that's much better than what I was going to say. I was going to say Schwimmer should have Peter Sellered it and done both <laughs> roles. Both. Yeah, that's but how good he was. I even like, then. Right, but I like your joke um, better. So let's and then, cut you know, mine speak and go to with the his. vice principal and get all my papers and figure out a way to transfer to a school in Manhattan. And yeah, I had uh, like eight days of rehearsal, and then I was doing this play for two years. <laughs> and became an actor. So wait, you moved to Manhattan. So you're like, Mom, you come home, and, and how's your mom? How is how is she with all this? Like, she's she, excited, she be, confused. Yeah, she doesn't um, want you to go. I'm sure she does. She thinks it's amazing. But she thinks it's amazing. But you know, it's a lot. It's yeah, a lot. she just wants you to leave. It's, it's a lot. Where am I going to live? What am I going to do? Well, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah, right. Where are you going to live? Um, what are you going to do? What the fuck did you do? Uh, I had no idea what to do, but. Uh, Somebody in our family knew somebody who owned a, 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 an apartment in New York, and they heard he was looking to rent it out, and I took it sight unseen, and uh, I didn't know Manhattan. The theater was on 52nd and Broadway, mm-hmm. and this guy's apartment was on 55th. That seemed to make sense, yeah. but it was 55th and York. It was like on the cool. other side. Gorgeous like, area, yeah. but not close. Not close. Oh. I, but I was like three blocks away. That's great. And, uh, you know, it would take like an hour to, to get there. You could walk in, in 45 minutes, but an hour if you took the bus. Um, regardless, I showed up and somebody had told me he's, um, he's a writer. He's a, a comic book writer. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, and it turned out... It was the apartment of uh, Bob Kane, who mm. created Batman. I, I, and this was... How did I not know this? I mean, <laughs> this, really? This that... was before the movies and before anything yeah, but regarding still, Batman. Guy, you, still you know, one of the biggest was, guys at DC. Yeah, it was comic books at yeah. this point. Um, and I never met him, but, uh, you know, through whoever this family friend was, uh, you know, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll send the check every month to this address and blah, blah, blah. It's been a nice apartment. Um, it was a lovely apartment, not huge by any means. It was just it's a little one bedroom, but yeah, it's New York. <laughs> but everything was Batman related. The walls were red velvet. <laughs> the bathroom had a plaque on it, I remember, and it said the bat room. Um, the <laughs> furniture was, you know, gothic, and it was it was a little uncomfortable. Telephone poles <laughs> to get out of the house. Um, no but that's doors. where I lived until I found, you know, a real place. And uh, So you jump in, you get thrown into the fire. Yeah. And, and you're start, in New York. I'm in New York. You're on Broadway. How many shows are you doing, uh, you know, a week? Um, well, uh, eight. Yeah. Eight. So and eight then, shows uh, a week. And then I do that for a, a number of months, and then uh, I'm doing the tour around the whole country. Um, uh, Elizabeth Perkins was in the, it was her first, uh, wow. her first uh, uh, paying job. Um, and yeah, so we would do, you know, four weeks in Boston and four weeks in Philly. And Who would and, they have on stage in Broadway when that was happening? They just oh, do understudy? You know, who took over my part was, he's a lovely actor, Josh Hamilton. Mm, he's um, great. Yeah, I love him. Yeah. He's really um, good. And then when the tour ended, I went back to Broadway and uh, did it there. And then, then they were uh, auditioning for the movie of Brighton Beach Memoirs. And we were told uh, no one who is in any of the productions of the play will ever get a crack at auditioning for the movie. That's just the way it is. And they want the movie to be a movie and got nothing to do with the play. So none of us ever thought we'd have a shot at it. Mm-hmm. And they were auditioning literally everyone. Uh, Michael J. Fox and Eric Stoltz and all these people who wow. shouldn't be playing, yeah. you know, and Jews from Brooklyn. redheads. It's <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. And finally, they were like, "What do we do?" And Neil himself said, "What about the kid who's been doing it, you know, the last two years on stage?" And they're like, "Oh, that's a good idea, Neil." <laughs> and I went right back again and auditioned for Neil, and uh, they screen tested me, and then uh, yeah, I got that. And then, but you shoot in New York. And that shot in New York, that shot in Brighton Beach. And, so and how, long you, how long is it, are you doing the play for until this happens? Uh, two years. Now, you're in New York doing this play. So now you're traveling, you have your place, you're making these friends. Basically, your friends are your castmates, right? Yeah, and I had gone to, to school as well with Pam Adlon, Pam Siegel, because Pam... Again? <laughs> Pam, uh, wow. when she was... I guess a junior. She, I don't understand. You keep calling Pam Siegel. That's her name, Pam Siegel. She, she got married and and became Pam Pam Adlon. But I, oh, but you know her by Pam Siegel, Pam Siegel right? Oh, she's still married, yeah, right? Yeah. So she's still. Married. She kept her. She kept her married name. She's no longer with uh, her. The, Mr. Her Adlon. Adlon. Okay, got you. Uh, Pam yeah, Siegel. Pam Siegel. Okay. Uh, but strangely her. enough, 
in her junior year, the year before I did Brighton Beach, she also auditioned for Brighton Beach Memoirs, and she got the role of the understudy for the little girl. So she was living in New York the whole time, being the understudy, doing the same play, Brighton Beach Memoirs, going to the same high school that I ended up going to uh, in the fall of the next year. Which high school is this? <sighs> lovely, lovely Fame people. high school? It might as well have been. It's <laughs> it's it's known as PCS. The full name is Professional Children's School. Mm-hmm. You know it? I do. Yeah. It caters to actors, uh, athletes, uh, kids who are a little busy doing other stuff uh, and figure out a way to just do school when they can, often through correspondence, through the mail. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess my credits at Beverly Hills High School were already so far past what you needed to graduate at PCS. It was a low bar. It was, a low bar. It was like, hey, you got so, money and you can pay. Right. We got you. So they said, you just need like to do a music appreciation class and maybe a philosophy class and you're going to graduate. You're done. I'm like, all right. So, right. It was so you're a, out. It was kind of a joke. Yeah. And are you going out at night? Do you have any social no, life there? Oh God, I'm 18 years old. I'm 19 years old. I'm doing eight shows a week. Uh, no. So you're putting away money. Theater people make a lot of money, Cliff. <laughs> well, but mean, I'm saying you're 19. Hundreds of dollars. <laughs> but I'm saying um, you're not spending I, anything. I'm not really spending anything but rent. I think most of the money would go to rent. So it was really you just paying to live and I didn't play. care. I mean, right, yeah, it didn't matter. Yeah, yeah, enough to have, you know, dinner. I was thrilled. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so you screen test, and now it's a year in, and you get to stay in New York. Uh, yes, this. yes. Well, I think I was already back in L.A. by this point. I think, I think at this point I had already enrolled at USC. Uh, and, and in the theater department, and uh, uh, and then I was. So while all this is going on, I just want to be clear. Yeah. While all this is going on, you found time to apply to and <laughs> and say I want to go uh, audition or get put myself up to go to the theater school right. at USC. I didn't think I would pursue a career in acting. I thought this is great. I I could tell my grandchildren one day. You know, your grandpa was on Broadway for a year <laughs> or two, and isn't that cool? But I never thought I would actually get other work. And I think it was when we were doing the uh, tour of Brighton Beach and we were in L.A. for months. I had a couple of auditions. And uh, there's another Pam Adlon connection. Uh, One of the first things I auditioned for, there was a very short-lived show before the famous George Clooney hospital show called ER, called ER. It was a sitcom with Elliot Gould. And um, Elliot Gould had a son. I want to see that now. (laughs) He had a son on the show. Uh And I auditioned for the son, and I got it. And that was my, I think that was my Taft-Hartley. That was my first, you know, uh, union job where they, you know, give you a pass and then you don't have to pay the huge fee to join the union. But your next job will. Uh, You will have to pay. Uh, So I did this uh, one episode. Uh, He was uh, a drug addict. I had a blue mohawk and and, an earring. And I think I was a a gay character. uh, It was very wonderful and bizarre. Uh, And I did this episode. and, And then I think I got another job on a show called Give Me a Break. Fun fact. Wait. The original ER sitcom? Yep. Also had George Clooney on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. George was in it. Jason Alexander was in it. Yeah. What? Mary McConnell. And I played the boyfriend of the middle daughter and uh, did this episode. I thought it was fun. And they, uh, as a matter of fact, this stuff's coming back to me. They saw me in the play and they wrote this part for me. So my character's name was Jonathan on this episode. And I was the like, The writers Great. of Give Me a Break yeah. saw you on Broadway. They saw me in the, the L.A. production of the Broadway yeah. tour. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I did this episode. Are you going back and forth to L.A. and New York to do uh, these things? I think this is all during the three-month run of the L.A. production, I, I think. Going right, so back you in just time. jammed in some good jobs. Exactly. And uh, and I guess that show aired, and Warren Littlefield and Brandon Tartikoff basically said, who's that kid? Let's make him a regular on the show. And my agent called and said, they want to make you a regular and give me a break. And I'm like, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> um... But then they, you know, they gave me this beautiful contract, and and I remember at the time there was talk about me getting an audition for the movie of Brighton Beach, and I'm like, maybe now is not the right time to commit myself to some show where I'm the twelfth lead. Uh, you turned it down. I was going to. Okay. And they, they. That's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, to do that, you were ready to turn down that money. 
Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, wow. it wasn't much money then. I, I, money really, yeah. again, wasn't he's, really he's an issue. He's accustomed I had enough... to a certain lifestyle <laughs> yeah. in the theater. Yeah. Right. He does not need right. give this me the break money. I, yeah. You're absolutely right. This is what I'm bringing out. Yeah. It was not. He's not a rich kid who came from Beverly Hills just because he went to Beverly Hills High. He was walking in from another district because his dad had to be a teacher. He didn't have money growing up. And it's like now he's doing Broadway. He's not making money. And still, he's like, fuck it. I don't care. I just, it's important to, to stress this because yeah. you're about the art. It's, yeah, yeah, back then, yep. sure. If the same thing happened now, it'd be like, well, let's see, a wonderful sitcom or a chance to audition for a Broadway play. So um, Brennan Tartikoff and, and Warren Littlefield said, you know what? We believe in you and we'll put it in the contract. If you end up getting, and it said right there in the contract, if you end up getting the role of this universal picture, Brighton Beach Memoirs, we will write you out of the show for the three, four months and then you'll come back. So I figured at that point, how do you say no? no. Uh, I, I get to do this thing and make a, a couple of dollars and I'm still allowed to get this sort of dream job, the movie version of the play I've been doing this whole, you know, at this point, a year and a half. And um, I start doing Give Me a Break, and then they fly me to New York to do the screen test. I get the part in Pretty the movie. Quick. And they're like, well, now what do we do? And they they wrote me out of uh, Give Me a Break. I think they shot, like, uh, they sent my character off on an archaeological dig to the Yucatan. And they just banked, like, 10 or 12 episodes to take me through the rest of the season. And I'm just, like, on a payphone, you know. And we just shot all 10 of the episodes in an hour. And I'm just like, oh, I don't know. Everything's crazy here. Oh, I love you. Bye. Where's my fedora? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, my so that was my experience. You were an archaeologist. Don't give me a break. I guess. Well, you know, I'm really I asking. Think, I think the kid was studying archaeology or he was in college and studying archaeology. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, listen, it's interesting. Schwimmer was a paleontologist <laughs> on Friends. I'm just so, saying. Oh, we're, we're finding yeah. crumb. We'll get to the Friends oh, I thing. Didn't even, I didn't even get back to the Pam, thing, Pam Siegel thing. So at this point, they also asked me to come back and do more episodes on the Elliot Gould ER show and I was either in New York doing the movie or was doing this or that and they're like can you fly in and do an episode and I, and I wish I could I wish I could I can't they said all right we'll make it a sister and who gets cast as Pamela Siegel Pam Siegel Pam Adlon so Pam and I our lives have just constantly are you still friends yeah very I'm gonna come back here to her podcast tomorrow and just, yeah I might come too because I just want to meet her <laughs> I love Pammy. I, I love yeah, her so much. I, I do too, and I don't even yeah. know her. Yeah. So, but let's get. Let, you will. That's nice. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> this is, so there I've been you friends go. With you forever. Now I, I'm, I'm 19. Learning, yeah, now you're 19, Jesus. and you get this movie. Now we we glossed over this, but you have to go in. Who are you screen testing for? Aside from the studio people, you screen testing Neil Simon's there. Yeah, I think I think in all the years I've been doing this, I've never had a screen test like that. I, I've I've tested for a lot of jobs, television and movies. I've never had a test quite like this. They built the set they they had they had me in for costumes and makeup and it was a it was a whole scene it was it took all day uh the wow. director gene Sachs, who i worked with obviously on stage but now he was directing me you know for a little camera um and yeah it was a whole it was a whole ordeal i be i believe i was the only one who screen tested i was just gonna ask yeah, you so it was either, it was mine to fuck up um and i you know they they easily could have said you know scratch all they've spent so much money at this point they they, they could have said well scratch all that we're going to continue the search um, but yeah they finally gave it to me and I I can't remember date wise but I think this was the spring we weren't even shooting it till October or November so huh. I was the first one cast and just sort of put on hold forever and speaking of which in the in the the uh, lead up to this uh, screen test. They made me sign like old school actors. They made me sign a ten picture deal, like lock a you up, like yeah. a, a very yeah. small increments right. going and up. I had I had no reason not to sign it. It's Lots not like of reasons anyone not else. to. Yeah, but it's not like <laughs> anyone else was saying, "No, we want him for eleven pictures." So <laughs> I was told I can't screen test unless I sign this. And uh, what are your reps saying? My reps are like, do it. It's a great deal. Look, that's ten, ten pictures. Ten pictures. <laughs> you get twelve dollars on the next job, and then you'll get fifteen dollars on the job. And after if you're that. good, they'll give you twenty <laughs> yeah. for the next one. Yeah. So I had this ten picture deal, which nothing ever happened. Uh, but I remember telling Neil Simon while we were rehearsing for the movie, um, you know, he said, uh, you know, thank you for going through the whole screen test process, and I hope it wasn't too painful. You know. 
you were always the guy, you know, sorry, the studio made you do all this. And then I mentioned this 10 picture deal. He's like, he was so mad. He's like, what? They, how, why could, that's horrible. And I'm going to talk to them. And I'm like, no, it's okay. I mean, it'd be nice to do another movie or or nine other movies. (laughs) Um, But yeah, the deal expired and nothing ever happened. So that was the end of that. All right. So you get this movie. Now everything is not, you know, changing per se, but you've never done a movie. Um, right. Have I you? had done a movie. What are you also doing? while I was right. in LA doing ER and Give Me a Break, I had done a movie that got me my SAG card. It was Sarah Jessica Parker, Helen Hunt, Is Shannon that... Doherty. Square pegs? No, it was a movie called Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Oh yes, yes, yes Girls Just Want to so Have that Fun. That was my only movie. Shandell. Yes. Uh... However, when the movie of Brighton Beach came out a year or two after that, uh, they gave me the end introducing credit. So as far as Universal was concerned, Girls Just Want to Have Fun never existed. I never That was not me. Right, it didn't happen. <laughs> never all. happened. We're introducing him. <laughs> well, they did. They did introduce right. you. I mean, really, because mo- that's real, you know, where people yeah. kind of yeah. got to say, you. Oh, yeah, him. You're a guy that I know. <laughs> and did I go to camp with right. you? So now you got to go to New York. You were living in L.A. At that point, I guess I was living in L.A., and then we uh, we had a, a long three-week rehearsal process for, for that uh, Brighton Beach Memoirs movie. Neil was infamous for uh, firing <laughs> one actor on every production really? that I've ever worked with him on wow. and any other project that I've ever heard. Uh, um, every time I meet someone from the Neil Simon Repertory Company, I'm like, who do you fire in yours? And who, oh, wow. Um, so this really one uh, was such a lovely, lovely actor, and it was his first job. Um, uh, his name is Elias Kateas. Oh, he's amazing. Brilliant actor. Amazing. So he was, he was cast as a brother, and on the second day of rehearsal, of this three-week rehearsal, um, Neil went, yeah, yeah, boys. And I remember we shared a dressing room wall, and uh, Gene Sachs went into his room, and I just heard him crying. It was just awful. It was just awful. And um, they replaced him with a really sweet uh, kid who was doing the play, or one of the the productions. I think he was in the Patrick Dempsey bus and truck production of Brighton Beach Memoirs. Uh, His name is Brian Drillinger, and they're like... And And Patrick Patrick Dempsey was also playing Uh, Eugene? Patrick Dempsey was playing Eugene in this production, yeah. yeah. It was his first job. Oh, my God, yeah. John Cryer did it on Broadway after I did it. Zach Galligan, or maybe Zach did uh, Biloxi Blues. Um, wow. Evan Handler. This there's really a there's a number of impressive, really impressive actors who have played Eugene over the years. And you get back now. Now you're okay. You got to go to New York. Where, where, are you shooting on location in New York? We are shooting in Brighton Beach. All the exteriors and the interiors were uh, Astoria Studios, Kaufman Astoria Studios. All right. And and I remember Woody Allen was doing hmm. uh, a period piece uh, at the same time. Radio days. Uh, so you had this one Neil Simon movie taking place in the late 30s. You had this Woody Allen movie taking place in the 40s. Wow. I remember that's where I first met Seth Green, who, you know, was just this, literally, this tiny little kid. Oh, man. Um, and, he was uh, working on Radio Days. He was the, the lead kid yeah. in, in Radio Days. That's what broke Seth Green. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, I just was reminded of that. Thank you, Johnny. You're welcome. I was wondering where he came from. It was not Can't Buy Me Love. No, no, I don't think so. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Yeah. Radio, radio days. days. I yeah. can see the poster of him uh-huh. like by the right. big radio, right? right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, in my mind. Anyway, I'm amazed wow. at how many of these pieces you can remember. You can't remember that first. Uh, yeah, audition, audition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, like right? that must have been intense. That's <laughs> why I say I really think it must have been pretty intense. Absolutely. And Neil Simon. And plus, did you ever think about the meaning about you know you and your dad buying the ticket and and the fact that you end up in this play? I mean, did you ever? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's 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 fascinating, um, you know, and that was uh, that was a rather sad and tragic uh, couple of years of my life. But who knows what would have happened if everything didn't work out the way it did? Well, yeah, and now we have a movie that's about to come out. We are the lead, and and up until this point, you're a guy who some people know in New York, maybe from Broadway, and you know people in the business, and you know some people, people, people outside the business, you know. But this is now about to kind of. Yeah, so when that movie had its uh, 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 opening, I think it was a Christmas movie for Universal, at that point, Neil had already put me in the middle of his uh, play of trilogies, Biloxi Blues, and he uh, gave me my chance to be in the original cast, finally, of one of his plays, Broadway Bound. So we had already been rehearsing, we did the out-of-town tryouts, and we were on Broadway, I think we opened just before Thanksgiving, 
And uh, so now I'm starring in a new Broadway play, a movie by the same writer is coming out uh, in Christmas. So it was a pretty, it was a pretty exciting time. Yeah, and then the yeah. movie and drops. And maybe I'm 20 or 21 at this point. I mean, come on. Yeah. What the fuck are you getting into? Um, seriously, <laughs> nothing, nothing. If this was, if this was 25 year old Johnny Silverman, yes, maybe. But right but now you're still point, pretty pure. I mean, eight shows a week and and busy and exhausted and always having a sore throat I didn't have time to did you always have a sore throat well I think I think you ask any actor who's doing eight shows a week yeah by by the Saturday night show or the Sunday man yeah could you have some remedy for it um besides just tea? like not talking too much um yeah definitely tea and honey and uh, I think Broadway bound was the hardest of the three plays because the character gets the flu in the second act. He's sick the entire second act. Oy. So not only did I have to do shows, but you know, I had to talk like this. Right. It did not help. It, that didn't help. Yeah. So you're doing Broadway Bound and that's when Brighton Beach comes out in the theaters. Correct. And it's basically you're debuting at the same time in right. two things, a month right. apart maybe? And the same character ten years apart. And I'm only, you know, uh, a year removed uh, from the <laughs> movie Eugene to the play Eugene. And the movie Eugene I think is... 15 and the play Eugene is 25, 25 so right? yeah that's acting oh, yeah. right there <laughs> it, helped, it helped that I grew six inches uh, in the period between the end of the movie and this play but yeah yeah you finally was, put on the you, you stopped I being the short grew. guy in sports exactly which by the way the epilogue to this ladies and gentlemen is that Jonathan Silverman goes and plays at Dodger fantasy camps and plays with the sickest player he's an amazing athlete but we'll, uh, we'll get bless to that. you I certainly yeah. used to be I'm, I'm an old dad now Dr. So Sue go back to Dr. Dr. Sue. Dr. Sue go back to the, we have the best Pleasure. acupuncturist yeah. Yeah. you and your Wife, you and your wife sent me to her. Yeah, yeah. avoided uh, back surgery because yep. of you guys. Thank you. Yep. And I've sent thousands of people you, to her. You sent Saga to her, right? So every, yep. Everybody I've ever met who yep. has any pain goes to see Dr. Sue and thanks me. And I said, well, you need to thank Cliff. And hey, me. listen, I, so long as they're not in pain, I'm happy. Exactly. That's all I care about. I mean, so this is incredible. So still now, you're busy as fuck and this movie drops. Now, it, right away, it's a hit. I mean, at least that's what I remember. It was a hit pretty fast. That's nice of you to say. I don't think my memory of it was it wasn't a hit. Uh, it, they spent a lot of money on mm -hmm. it and a lot of money publicizing it. So it was Look in the up. theaters for a while, but by up. no means was it a hit. Uh, if you ask the Universal executives, it definitely wasn't a hit. <laughs> it was I think a they hit. were expecting more from it. But it was the biggest movie I was ever in, so yeah. I mean, and are you starting to feel this? Are you starting no. to feel effects of it? No. Is no. fame at all creeping I'm, in? I, I've already been contracted for another... Eight months to continue this play, so it's not like I could have taken another, you know, job or you know something. If there was, uh, if they were shooting Law and Order back then, maybe I could have done an episode. I'm sure they were. But, uh, but Dick Wolf was yeah. shooting something back then for sure. <laughs> but uh, no, I didn't take uh, I didn't take another job until until I left the play in August, and that uh, that was the Jodie Foster movie, Stealing Home. That was my first job after all. Mark Harmon. Mark Harmon, Jodie Foster, Harold Ramis. Harold Ramis. Yeah. Who directed? Uh, two guys who wrote it. Uh, strangely enough, Jonathan Demme was going to direct it. I remember and this. And it just, it just didn't work out with his schedule. And uh, the two guys who wrote it uh, said, well, we could direct it. And they did. But um, you got that looked up? I was in the middle of researching box office. And you're right in between, it looks like, <laughs> The Odd Couple 2 and Which The Heartbreak Johnny, Kid. Yep. Oh, <laughs> and Neil oh, Simon, of Neil Simon oh, movies. Neil Simon oh, that's right. funny. Which Johnny was in The I Odd was in Couple 2. Couple two. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that okay. was such a lovely experience. I know that cuts 10 years uh, away from my life story. But, uh, <laughs> but to be able to work with Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau together in their most iconic roles, that was... That was such a joy. That was such a joy. It don't, was so sweet. Don't pull that from me. That's we're gonna get. Sorry, there. sorry. We're gonna get there, but it really. Are I, you I, sure, I, ladies and gentlemen who are listening? You really want to hear this whole <laughs> shit from 1985? They love it. You'd be right. amazed right. because we have very loyal listeners, and they really do. They don't want to hear our introduction. Right. As, as long as it's not me and Cliff <laughs> yeah. talking. So this is not us talking. Okay. They're into it. All they right. don't leave for three hours. Okay. I love our fans. Yeah, I really you. do. Yeah. So they they listen in the bat room. Yeah. Right. Bat room. <laughs> By the way, that's pretty fucking awesome. Bob Kane's apartment. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. Like, we just glossed over that, but right. that's kind that of cool. huge. That All right. Cool. All right. What I find interesting is that now, again, you're too busy to really enjoy any success because you're working nonstop. I'm loving it, but I'm exhausted right. and scared, you know, nervous. And, you know, every you know night it's 2,000 new people coming to see, you don't want to fuck it up. And it's, it's scary. 2,000. 1800 however yeah, whatever. many. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, might as well. Yeah. Round it up. Yeah. 
All right. And who, do you have a best friend at this point in, in uh, New wow, York? Who do you lean on? Question. That is a really good question. I'm sure I had some great friends. I mean, I hope I had some great friends. <laughs> well, do you, what's your support I think, system? I think the support system was mostly my castmates. Um, was mostly, uh, yeah, the people I was doing the show with. Uh, uh, depends on what show, but... Uh, well, Broadway bound now. Yeah, who are you Jason doing? Alexander. Yeah, pre-Seinfeld Jason Alexander and his wife, Dana. Still friends with Jason? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, these are, this is what I'm saying. These, these are marathon careers. This is a journeyman. And mm-hmm. look at these people already. <laughs> so Jason Alexander and you are with Neil Simon on Broadway. you got an eight-month run, so you can't do anything else. Uh, right? Correct. Right. correct. So what happens then? So now the play starts winding down, right? You know your eight um, months are... Yes. Jason and I were the first actors to leave. Um, Linda Lavin, who won the Tony Award stay. Basically, everyone who won a Tony Award had to stay an extra 10 months. And ah. Jason and I were the only ones to not win a Tony Award. So we're like, we're leaving. Ah, um, nice. I think Jason went and did um, the Richard Gere movie. Uh, uh, Pretty Woman? Yeah. Which that was called was... 3000 at the time. It was? Because that's how much... Julia Roberts was paid by Richard Gere to sleep with him. 3,000. Another movie you probably could not make today. <laughs> no, no, you can't. No way. No. Glad they changed the name. Hooker We're, with a Heart of right, Gold. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, they were going to just call it her price. They weren't yeah, even going right. to give her a name. <laughs> she didn't even have a name. Like, you are 3,000. <laughs> right. that's, wor- that's what your vagina is worth. I mean, that's really insane. That's when it was called. Well, thank God for that time because we wouldn't have 48 hours. Eddie Murphy, Nick Nolte. Oh, for sure. Right. Yeah. We wouldn't have, this is yeah. what I'm saying. We oh, had a moment. Movies, yeah. yeah, these movies oh, that were God, awful yeah. oh. that we could never, ever sure. make. Sure. Some of them were fucking awesome. Oh, my God. All right. A lot of them were. <laughs> you were? Yeah. It really is true. All right. Wait. So this is winding down. You guys are I'm going. Where are you going? Like, that's, that's my question. What's your, what's your thought process Ah, now? where am I going? Yeah, like okay. you and Jason are by, like, we're leaving. By this point. You have new reps? You have the same reps? No. I, um, see? I felt so bad leaving Sweet Von Hart. How did um, you do that? Was it hard? Yeah, um, this when I when I was doing the movie of Brighton Beach Memoirs, uh, an agent who's still one of the biggest agents in the business of show, Mike. Um, her name is Tony Howard. Tony Howard, Harvey Keitel. Strangely enough, is one of my wife's agents. Oh, she's Samuel Tony. Jackson, ICM. She's one of Huge. the biggest in the business still to this day. And this is 30, 40 years ago, and now well, she's Jennifer's still. agent. She's one of at, at, at ICM. Oh, she's at yeah. ICM. I know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, and uh, uh, so, yeah, she was very friendly. I think she might have been dating uh, the the producer of the movie, and um, she just hardcore sell. And I'm like, yeah, but I really like the who I'm with. And she's like, no, 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 I'm gonna make it. Was blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I signed with. Uh, wait, wait, wait. <clears throat> do you have to call him up? Like, how do you do it? Do you call the guy up? Do you like? How do you tell him? Because that's. I know you. You're a very nice guy. This is not something that you could yeah, do easily. I called him. I called him. You called him. Awful. Yeah, yeah. Well, that must have been a rough thing to I, do. I, I think his answer was his response was something like, "Well, of course you're going to go to William Morris. It's like good son. No, I would. Right. I, I can't give you anything. What I'm, a good guy. Yeah. I yeah. mean, like yeah. he knew. Yeah. He discovered you, and he knew, yeah. and he's like, "All right, go and go with God." Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, so I was at uh, you know it wasn't called WME back then or yeah. Endeavor. What well, is it called now? Endeavor. Well, it's WME, so it was either Endeavor or William Morris. Right, so right. she was so at William Morris. This is William Morris, and, right? Uh, yeah, I was with Tony for many many years, and then she left William Morris and went to ICM, and I followed her. But that's where you're going to go. So now, Tony, this is right when you're getting ready to leave. So you have to leave your old agent. Now you're with Tony, and yeah, the whole time I'm doing the I guess the movie of Brighton Beach, the play of Broadway Bound. Uh, is, is I'm already I'm already at a big agency, and they helped me get Stealing Home and uh, whatever the subsequent movies that I did after that. Some good, some not so good. And that's where you started. Once you left Broadway Bound, you're like, I'm going back to L.A. and I'm going to start doing movies. I had hoped that I would continue working in New York theater uh, between jobs and, you know, knock on wood or don't knock on wood. I I just kept getting jobs in L.A. and I just became one of those people who used to be a Broadway actor. <laughs> now, it didn't really matter because you already had heat on you, so you're coming back into, into work here. But you have to buy a place? Are you, do you rent a place? What do you do? you go back live with your mom? Um, I was uh, living at an apartment in, uh, in Venice, and, uh, and then I ended up making enough money to buy my first home, which technically I still live in. No, wait. Oh, you still haven't got it right. Yeah. Okay, so wait, you got rid of Jen's home. The old home. Um, you still yeah, have that too? Yeah. No, 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 no. Okay. No. So wait, this is the Marina Del Rey one, yes, right? The yes. Fleet Street. Correct. 
Wow. Yeah. Good one. I know. That's what I'm saying. That You're getting is... a lot of things right today. Yeah, I, I just know. Wanna... I don't usually get things right, man. You just should know that. This is, uh, I'm very proud of I'm myself. I'm very impressed. I'm like, yeah. Very Fleet impressed. Street. Yeah. Yes, I remember. That place was beautiful. That was a nice place. Yeah, it's right on the water. And then you decide, I'm going to go up, you know, the hill. Uh, total opposite end I, of town. I, and like, I, I had saved enough money by this point that uh, buying a home became something I wanted to do. Um, and I didn't have a lot of money, but I had enough to, to, and I looked for a long, long time, a long, long time. And, uh, um, I finally, after about a year or two of looking, found a place that needed a lot of work, but it was, uh, for such a deal and uh, it was in bankruptcy and it was, it was crumbling. I mean, it needed so much work, but the getting in was affordable. So I bought it and, uh, fixed it up enough to live in and, and, uh, and then I met my wife 10 years later, and uh, I was going to sell it. And uh, we were looking to buy a place, the two of us, and we just couldn't find anything. I think that was when the market was just insanely high. And uh, it was my wife's suggestion to basically gut this house and build a new version of it. And that's why I still live at the same address. But Your interior completely... designers, who are they? The ones who did that house, because they are... They're lovely, yeah. They are tremendous. They're like, what wonderful. they did with this guy's house... I mean, this guy's house is always beautiful. Yes. Whatever he says. 360 <laughs> views. I mean, this thing, gorgeous. But what they did with this house, I mean, they really did gut it. I mean, these sliding glass door. I mean, this thing is fucking tremendous. Who are they? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, uh, Julie Burkhold is her name. Julie and Burkhold. Th- she's, uh, uh, she, at the time, was married to our friend... Stamy, who is this amazing woman and a uh, real estate agent mm-hmm. who uh, bought Jen's house and sold Jen's house huh. and uh, was helping us look for the longest time to find a, a house of our own. And um, I think at one point her wife said, you know what, this is what I do. I, I buy houses and uh, flip them and sell them. So, you know, maybe I could start a new line of work where I actually, you know, fix houses up for people who want to actually live in them. And that, I think that was uh, their first project together. Um, she's they have since genius. gotten divorced, but uh, <laughs> but we just saw them uh, a couple weeks ago. Cause she's a genius. She's a genius. Yeah, yeah I mean, this woman's work with space and... and yeah. I, I can't. I'm not a guy who's like interior design right. guy. But the other day, I was thinking about for my house in Calabasas. I got to ask Johnny, who is interior designer, I'll, I'll was, fix you guys up. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to gut yeah. the place too. Yeah. All right. So, all right. Well, wait. Let's get <laughs> let's get back. See, it happens. Are we on the air? Is this yeah. happening? <laughs> Hello. Jesus. So we're gonna get now. This is pre Weekend at Bernie's, correct? No, it, it was actually Weekend at Bernie's money that allowed me to buy a house. Okay, so should we take a break yeah, and get into Weekend break. at Bernie's? That's Are we going to skip gonna... over Caddyshack 2? That... No, we're not going to skip <laughs> over Caddyshack 2. Just let me do what I do. Yes, sir. We're going to take yes, a sir. break, and we're going to get right back with Weekend at Bernie's. And yeah, Jason, Caddyshack 2. Thank, Thank you. you. 